Welcome to the Relate Podcast, where we discover how to do the rest of our lives better by building better relationships. I'm Casey Sunstead, and I'm your host. We're glad you're joining us for a conversation where we discover some tools to help us navigate those inevitable times when we feel disappointed in our friendships. We call this season, What Do I Really Want? From Disappointment to Deeper Connection. On today's episode, we're going to discover some guardrails that will help us stay on the road to having a helpful conversation. I've got Deb and Ari with us again today. Hi, guys. Hi. Hey. So, you guys, I really enjoyed our conversation on the last episode where Deb challenged us to ask two questions before we have a conversation that will help us get clear about our disappointment. Do you remember what the questions are, Ari? Yeah, I wonder if he remembers. I do, not just because I have them right in front of me. Oh, okay. shoot. Okay. <laughs> Don't tell. <laughs> but it's what do I really want and what is really going on here? Good. Good work. Yes. I studied for today. <laughs> Some people might think I'm kind of weird, but this is like one of my favorite conversations is talking or learning about self-deception. Yeah, she loves this topic. <laughs> she wants to talk about it at all the workshops. Right? I think some of the reason why is because it's helped me so much in my own preparing to, and it helps me get clearer on what's actually going on, which is what we're trying to help people do. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes I have fooled myself into thinking I'm easy to be with, I'm helpful, I'm, you know, I'm painting a picture of like we all do better than I really am. And so I think it's kind of fun to talk about the way we tell ourselves stories. So I wondered if you guys, after we had our conversation, what's been going on as you've been considering these two questions? What did you notice in the past week? This week, I've been thinking about less of what's going on in the present. And I feel like I've been analyzing past situations and past friendships where I didn't get resolution or things kind of left in a in a kind of funky way and trying to think about okay what was my expectation back then yeah what was going on what was it that I really wanted and trying to put myself in the shoes of other people interesting so it's been really interesting it's given me a lot to think about because I've had a lot of conversations and interactions that you know I've been left where I'm like huh I wonder what was going on there like it didn't feel quite right when we left Um, but that's what I've been thinking about this week as I've been thinking about those two questions of, oh, I remember this one time with my roommate or hmm, like when I was having this conversation with my mom and we both left frustrated, I wonder what that was about. And so it's been interesting looking back on those and even seeing how there's been growth out of that, even without the language to point to, yeah. hmm. to say, oh, this is what I was hoping for. This is what I wanted. And this is what really happened. It was, it's been cool seeing how the relationships that I have with those people have grown despite not having this super helpful language to point to and grow from specifically. Yeah. I love that you went back and thought about past experiences too. I think we challenged our listeners to do that in the discussion questions to mm-hmm. like think of a time you had a conversation and what were some ways that you potentially were because we were self-deceived because we tell ourselves these stories, which makes a lot of sense. We have a need to make sense of it. And so, okay, well, I'm going to put myself in their shoes and maybe this is what was going on. And then we actually start to believe those stories as if they're re- reality. Right. So I love that you went back and kind of re-unpacked what, what could have happened. That's really cool. I think it's so valuable to look back to learn. And we talked about that in our first series um, of how our past is often present. But if we can go back and learn from our 
previous experiences, like we gain so much insight and wisdom, right? Yeah. To do tomorrow better. Well, it was interesting for me this week. I sat with the question, what do I really want out of those two questions? And what was interesting for me to notice about myself is that I actually need to do more work being honest about disappointment in relationships just in general. Mm. You're talking about being honest with yourself or honest with Being honest with myself. So I think I tend to be the believe the best kind of person, which I've always liked about myself, but there is a downside to that. And I think the downside is that I sometimes don't have my feet firmly planted in reality of maybe some of the hard aspects of relationships. And so that almost works like denial um, because I'm really not looking at the true situation and relationship and then I can't make it better by having conversations. So I was kind of aware of even back to the beginning again, am I paying attention to my own needs? Am I aware of where I'm disappointed so that I can speak about it with others? Yeah, I've been known to say I love conflict, which is not true. I don't know if anybody really loves conflict. And if they do, maybe we don't want to hang out with them, right? (laughs) But um, what I love is what comes out of a really good, helpful conversation. And that's what you just alluded to, Deb. If you can tell yourself the truth, you can get to these conversations. And that's exactly what we're trying to talk about in in this season is these conversations can get you what you really want, which is deeper connection in our friendships and the tools that we talked about last week and that we'll talk about today they actually equip us and we don't have to be so afraid of the reality that all of our relationships at one time or another are going to have tough places and they're going to need work and so we can look at reality we can take the steps to kind of right size the gap and disappointment in our minds before we go and then we can actually do helpful things that make the relationship better. Yeah, and we can go into those conversations less afraid. Yes. Because we've done some good work and gotten more clear, which is why I love it. It helps us. Okay, so let's say now I'm more prepared because I've checked my stories and I've figured out what my unmet needs are or maybe what my friend's unmet needs are, and I'm more ready to have a conversation about my disappointment. Because we did the work, we're feeling more confident about what is actually helpful to communicate in order to lessen the gap, like we've, right. we've named it. Okay. Right. So Deb, now that we've done some of that work, can you give us some tips or some tools on how to approach that conversation where we share our disappointment with our friend? Yes. And um, I like images. Uh, and one image that I've heard explain that as we go into conversations, that we could have guardrails, some guardrails that protect our conversations and help them be constructive. And so can you picture guardrails on the road? Like as you're driving down the highway, I picture I used to live in Colorado and going around these curves and there are cliffs over the edge. That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. And there's a guardrail there. Now, I really don't know that that guardrail is going to keep me from going off the cliff. But (laughs) the idea is that I... But here in Illinois, we're not as worried about the cliff. Here, if we aren't so worried, in Illinois, we might go into a ditch. So... Um, the guardrail's going to keep us out of the ditch, and we just have some helpful tips that are kind of like guardrails. Yeah. Have you guys ever gone bowling? Yes. 
Yes, I won last time. Many, many I, a middle school hangout. You, I you beat won. My, I okay, beat, <laughs> I beat my son, and you should. He came unglued. It was like the one time in my whole life that I have gotten strikes because I don't bowl well. It was beautiful. You know how in I think it's most bowling alleys now they have the the bumpers <laughs> and the, the, you can either turn your bumpers on or turn your bumpers off. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's another analogy or word picture that I've seen for this is you could always turn on your bumpers. I mm-hmm. like guardrails or bowling I, bumpers. I like it. Keep yeah, we'll keep things out of the gutter because you can still actually have you have you ever had your bumpers on. And gotten zero pins down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it still can happen. There's that like this takes tiny, some work. Tiny little space between where the bumpers end and where the pins are where you can derail. But it's going to improve your chances of having, getting the pins or in our case, having the conversation that's going to be helpful. I, I like that. That's a new image for me. The, okay. The bumpers or the guardrails. <laughs> either one. Let's go guardrails. Either though. one. But Deb, what are the guardrails that you have for us? Two really helpful guardrails, kind and courageous. Kind and courageous. We need them both. They sound sometimes like they're intention or opposites, but actually they are intention and we need to hold them that way. Let's talk about kindness. I think we tend to feel one of these more strongly or put one of these more into play in our relationships. So for me, I tend to maybe err on the side of what I would call kindness. Others might tend to err more on the side of what they call courageous. Now I'm going to spell that out a little bit. So when I say kindness, what do I mean? Yeah, because I just think of like yeah. some sweet. Yeah, because can we be too kind? We can't be too kind. But here's what I mean by kindness, and I can err on that side. Like kindness without courage, balancing it is actually weakness and can be cowardly. Mm-hmm. So kindness without courage is actually not safe in relationships. Oh, It's not safe. It makes me less safe. And this is actually the one that I err on the side. I err on the side of not activating enough courage and wanting to be nice. But nice does not equal kind when I'm not telling someone the truth and when I'm not fighting for a better relationship by working through some of the painful points, right? Wow. Yeah, so you made a difference there between kindness and being nice. Mm -hmm. And when at first when you said, you know, there's so much out there about be kind, be kind. And so it seems like enough to be kind. But but for you to say it's not safe if you don't have courage as well, that was pretty bold thing to say. But it makes sense to me if you're just being nice and you're not willing to say what's true. Right, because true kindness holds courage is part of that equation, right? Um, Kindness without courage actually widens the gap. Mm -hmm. Because if I just want everyone to be happy, if I want to avoid conflict, and I just want to be nice, and that's how I define kindness, I'm not helping people get better. I'm not helping my relationships be stronger and more honest and authentic. It's not what I really want. And I widen the gap. Usually, I've talked about this before, that it's because I'm afraid. So this is my growth edge, and I have defined kindness actually as being forthright and telling the truth and offering the people in my world the assurance that if something goes sideways in our relationship, I will tell them. They will not have to guess. Wow. 
And so for me, I've needed to redefine kindness since I are on the side of backing away from being forthright and telling the truth and leaning into some maybe conflict conversations. I've had to redefine kindness as as leaning into being courageous and offering the people in my world assurance that I'm committed to them and will tell them the truth so that we can do our friendship better. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. It is the kinder thing to do to go after that deeper connection. It's going to get us both what we really want. And if we're just being nice and maybe afraid to say how we really feel, we're going to stay at a certain surfacey level. And that's not kind. No, I've had to change my mental imagery for myself and actually realize it's maybe more noble and more kind for me to be more of a fighter Mm -hmm. and to fight for our relationships and fighting and actually like having tough disagreements and letting things sometimes for the sake of we're going to be honest and authentic, let things be uncomfortable so we can get better. Keeping the peace isn't always noble and helpful, right? Yeah, absolutely. Sometimes we get worse before we get better. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. That's like, I'm sitting over here in awe, just soaking all of that in. That's so good. So kindness and courage. So we talked about what kindness is without courage. What would you say is the opposite? What's the courage without kindness? Yes. I heard a mentor describe courage without kindness as being violent. It's Mm. aggressive. It's hurtful. It's tactless. And this sounded so extreme to me, like Mm -hmm, violence, what do you mean? But it's true, like we hurt each other when we kind of throw kindness out the window for the sake of we're just gonna, we're just gonna shoot from the hip and say how we feel in the moment. And it can be harsh and it creates a new problem actually. If we try to resolve disappointment without doing our work first, we actually make things worse and cre- we create new wounds. Yeah, um, when you were talking about, I'm trying to keep my words straight, kindness without courage, you said it wasn't safe, and that surprised me. But when I when we talk about courage without kindness, that makes a lot more sense to me. But now they both do. Mm-hmm. Both, unless you're holding both courage and kindness, neither, neither situation is safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like how you identified for you personally the growth edge that you identify with. And I'm even thinking through the relationships I have in my life where there's some people where my growth edge is kindness without courage. And then there's other relationships where it's often courage without kindness. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you guys have experienced that, but this is super helpful putting words to it for me. And sometimes I can hit a tipping point with someone that maybe in the past I might have erred on the side of being too silent and not speaking up and helping our relationship grow. Right. Then I can get so mad that all of a sudden I overreact and I become harmful because I'm more at the end of my rope and speak words that are harmful and hurtful and violent. So it does help to know ourselves. It helps to know, do I tend to um, overreact or underreact? Do I minimize? Do I, yeah, to just know our areas of weakness. And I think that's what will help us. I hear you inviting us to hold both kindness and courage and knowing which one we tend to drop after will help us in that challenge of making sure as we enter into these conversations we're holding both our guardrails 
Maybe not holding them. Maybe they're <laughs> on the road. I got to stay with a safe distance yes. from yes. our guardrails. Thank you, Ari. Yes. Thank you for helping me. I was mixing my metaphors. But yeah, to make sure that both guardrails are in place, to do that, we need to know which one's probably the one that, that we let go of first. Yeah. To keep going with the metaphor, I personally drive a little bit of an older car that pulls a little bit to the left. You need some alignment work. Mm. So if we can be aware of which way we're likely to go mm-hmm. maybe to continue with the analogy it's way better than my holding <laughs> <laughs> i'm like driving and i'm holding and those are put put things down casey if you're driving so good i like those yeah they help us if we can know ourselves be aware and then just keep those words kind of courageous they're mm-hmm. in the back of my mind when i'm thinking relationships and conversations both are valuable if i can add to other words that i think are helpful Um, The other two words would be clear and concise when we go into difficult conversations. Clear, and this is my other growth edge, is that if if I come to you and I have not done a little bit of prep work, I can be really wordy. I'm sure that's just shocking to our audience, but I can. (laughs) I can just talk, 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 and I I can use way too many words and muddy the waters. Mm. So before I go, part of my work is to boil down to the nugget of what it is I'm needing to communicate and be sure I'm clear. Like, I don't want the other person to walk away confused. I want to be clear of where the point of pain is. I want to be concise don't keep talking. Yeah. And as I picture myself in one of these conversations, um, perhaps the person's coming to me with their disappointment. If they went on and on and it started to feel like a speech or perhaps a lecture or if there's just so many words and I want to like, and I have, you know, and they're still talking. I think that's a really helpful guardrail, Deb, to keep it concise. Less is more, and often the more we talk, we communicate that this is a bigger deal. Exactly. The more we go on, and so that evokes more fear with our friend or family member. Where if we're just concise and we keep short accounts, these don't have to be just big, you know, scary conversations. We can have clear, concise kind and courageous conversations and sharpen our relationships all along the way. Yeah. You bring up um, our, our friends perhaps entering into this conversation with some fear. And I think that's a really good point depending on how we start the conversation um, or if they're sensing that we, we are bringing something that's a little bit of a conflict to the table. We might be talking to somebody who's feeling afraid. Yeah. And one tool that helps me with that, or not a tool, but just an idea, is to share the why before the what. So instead of me just coming to my friend and saying, I feel this and this and this, and going into the difficult conversation just directly, to just offer a simple preface and say why. So if it was Casey that I was having a you know, challenge with in my relationship. <laughs> Which, yeah, I can't. Probably will happen. Fictional, yeah. fictional scenario. Yeah, totally here. fictional. Yeah, never okay, happened. Yeah. This doesn't happen. We work really, really closely together. It's fine. And it's fine. Every so often we <laughs> have these conversations. But I use your language. I love Casey. She'll say, because I believe in us, mm-hmm. I want to just talk about this. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my gosh, because she believes in us. It's so disarming. 
yeah, it's because she values our friendship. So, or if it's with my husband, because you're so important to me. So, yeah, just to reassure him from the start. Hey, I, it's because you're so important to me. I want us to be even better. And it's not, I hope, our intentions are not manipulative. No. It's truly to like state the goal before you state the problem. Because I care about deeper connection, I want to have this conversation. And it's it really is why I say I love conflict resolution or why I love hard conversations is because that's what we're after. And if we can start with what do we want, mm-hmm. the why before the what, why are we going to have this conversation? Well, because I care about us and I'm committed to this and I want to speak truth to you to get to that good place. People are going to see it as a, I was going to say a gift. That might be a, a bit of an exaggeration but once you get to that other side I don't know that it is yeah it's so helpful and I think it's John Gottman that has the research that really you can predict the success of a conversation how it's going to go really in the first few seconds of the conversation Um, and if we start with a harsh startup something like my you know you always or that kind of extreme language that I erased erased the last few weeks yeah, yeah, we're setting ourselves up for the conversation not to go well. But if I use Casey's go-to statement, hey, because I believe in us, well, that sets a whole different tone. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, I do really love this pre-work as we've considered their unmet needs and the stories that we're telling ourselves. You, Deb, have helped us hold kindness and courage at the same time by doing some of that pre-work and coming prepared to have the conversation we want. But if we're not the ones who are bringing the disappointment, help us understand how we can respond to somebody who hasn't maybe done this pre-work and they're coming to us with their disappointment, but we're sensing they're not super clear on unmet needs and they're not super clear on what they really, um, or what's really going on. So what would we do if they're coming to us with our dis- their disappointment? Right, and sometimes it's even worse than being unclear. Sometimes they may come with accuse and excuse language, you know, where they're upset and where um, they're telling stories that are actually aren't what's going on in us. And they don't even realize and it And they don't themselves. even realize it. And so this is where I think it is helpful if we're able to stay kind of in our rational brains, which means like not getting emotionally wound up and triggered, if we're able to stay within the moment and remember we're, we're going after a better relationship here. So we want to hear what they actually have to say even if they're presenting in a way that doesn't feel helpful. Mm-hmm. I think there's such a benefit in just some of these tools that we've been exposed to, and not everyone has had the opportunity to, to have some of these tools. So if I can um, actually be helpful to my friend, and instead of being defensive, become curious with them around, I hear you saying that this you're upset about this and I'm wondering if there's even something maybe deeper underneath that that would be important for me to understand as your friend like is there a deeper unmet need that I could do a better job being aware of with you and I don't know just helping them be in touch with their own needs that again like maybe it's not about canceling our lunch or maybe it's not about um yeah, about something like that. It's more about the need to feel valued. If I can help them become in touch with their own needs, 
then we've made progress. Yeah. And this has actually happened to me um, since I've learned about the two helpful questions. Um, I've had someone come to me with quite a worked up um, experience of me. Hmm. And sometimes when somebody comes at you and you're unprepared and you're not expecting it, you can, I think you use the term triggered. Like it, it makes my brain go fight or flight. Like I stop listening and I start talking to myself in my head like what's going on here and Mm -hmm. I didn't know this was going to happen and what are they even saying and I've stopped listening Mm -hmm. but when I learned about these tools that I can do kind of as pre-work for a conversation and I shifted in and thought okay I want to stay present and look at maybe what's a story that they've told themselves to make sense of what they experienced with me and um what is an an unmet need that they might not even be aware of? It kept me present in the conversation and not feeling attacked as much as I'm listening to their experience of me. This isn't about me. It's the their experience. And it helps me to not go somewhere else in my brain and feel scared. But it almost gives me like the the um, a game plan mm-hmm. to engage in the conversation. That is so good. I think just living with understanding of the other person when they come to us, even if they don't show up well, if we can see and care for them as a person, and if we can ask ourselves the question, like, I, if we can be curious first, I wonder what the unmet need behind all of this emotion is. Because sometimes emotion feels disproportionate to the situation, and in that situation, it's usually historical if we're hysterical it's historical mm-hmm. and so if we can instead of being triggered if we can just be curious like I wonder what the need behind all of this emotion is and then help our friend get in touch with that like we're able to really be healthier and have a good relationship a better one yeah totally that's awesome Deb and I'm, I'm thinking for me personally someone that has not wrestled with this content and this idea of pre-work as much as it sounds like you two have. Absolutely. (laughs) I'm thinking through the idea that if someone is going to come to me with something, I want to treat them with the same amount of patience and Mm -hmm. grace that people have treated me with as I've come into things really Mm -hmm. hot and really emotional and things like that. Just knowing that hey, I've had some really good conversations in the past, not thanks to any of the pre-work that I've done, but because someone else did exactly what you're talking about, Casey, of Mm -hmm. saying, hey, I know this isn't about me. I want to hear Ari's emotions. I want to hear what his experience is. I want to acknowledge it and honor it. So when someone comes into a conversation and maybe brings something to us that feels really heavy and feels kind of accusatory, I think Mm -hmm. you used that word earlier, to remember that we haven't always done this well, at least I can say for sure, I haven't always done this well. So when someone else comes into it, not having done the pre-work, just knowing like I have an opportunity to extend patience and grace to someone in the same way that I'm so certain that other people have extended it to me. Yeah, and I think you're presented with a choice in that mm-hmm. moment, right? Right. Like they're, if you can acknowledge this is this must have been hard for them to bring up. Totally. Right. And it's kind of a gift that they trusted me enough. And then you can enter it in like, okay, their goal is deeper connection. This might not feel great in this exact moment, but to look at it like they're coming to me, they they mustered up the courage to do this, so I wanna 
you you said it well, Ari. I want to honor what they're going after. Yeah. To be able just to meet people where they are and recognize that, yeah, part of the reason I'm so passionate about this content is because this has been content that I wish I would have had long ago because I've done this stuff poorly in the past. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm motivated now because it's changed the quality of my relationships so much. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just showing up gracious with others. I love that. I love that you say it changes the quality. Mm-hmm. It, it helps us to be more connected and go deeper. And and once you've weathered a hard conversation with somebody, there's trust built there. So much more safety. Those are my people that I know, like I have security with, because I don't have to wonder, am I worth fighting through some of the hard? Like, will my friend tell me if there's a tr- if there's a problem? Do I have to always be looking over mm-hmm. my shoulder? Or did I say something? Did I do something? No one has time for that. Yeah. <laughs> Amen, right? sister. Yeah. I don't have energy for that. Like that yeah. makes me pull my hair out. But if yeah. you'll tell me, and I know you'll tell me, and I'll tell you, well, then there's so much safety. Yeah. And I'm even just thinking of after establishing like common language in that first maybe conflict conversation, being able to go back to it of saying, hey, I felt like this conversation we had about this thing wasn't as concise as I was hoping it to be, or I feel like I didn't express myself yeah. in a clear way, being able to come back to it, that just feels so helpful mm-hmm. having that language. Awesome. So if we can keep in mind, whether we're the ones who start the conversation or a friend comes to us, that these conversations, although they could be scary, they're really going to help us get more of what we want, which is more real, more trust, deeper connection all those good things we're after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, Deb, so we've been kind of talking about this in the context of this season. We've been talking about disappointment in friendships. Right. We are going to kind of move in a new direction when we talk about the holidays at the live podcast recording. Mm-hmm. So tell me, do you think some of these tools will translate or is it the same exact situation when we start talking about our, our family or is it a new circumstance? I think we build on these things, but families can be so tricky, right? And yeah. we need a toolbox of of things to help us in our conversations with family members. Yeah. I had a friend um, put it this way, like, with your family, you know they're not going to go anywhere. Like, these are the people maybe that you haven't, well, certainly I didn't choose my family, right? I was born into a family. Mm-hmm. There's more of a permanence mm-hmm. there. And um, I think the stakes are a little bit higher because it's mm-hmm. it's more forever yeah if a conversation goes badly it's now part of the story yeah. and they're not going anywhere I'll see you next year <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and it's sometimes we're more afraid to show up with yeah in these conversations because we know that yeah maybe we're not allowed to have these conversations like there's a family culture that we've come from right of, you know, are, are feelings okay? Is using your voice okay? Is is working doing this work acceptable? Yeah. Cool. I'm, I'm looking forward to diving in a little bit more, especially as, as we record this, it's November. And so we're about to be approaching the holiday season. So we invite you guys, we would love to have you in the room with us. We're going to be recording live for the last episode in this season. So we have planned this live podcast recording because we want to be in the same room with our listeners. We want to hear from you and have you be part of the conversation. Would you join us for this season wrap up at the live podcast recording event? It's a Friday night out, November 15th, 
We're going to go from 7 p.m. to about 8.30. We have an exciting special guest. Albert Tate will be joining us. He's the founder and lead pastor of Fellowship Church, and he's passionate about preaching and teaching. He also has his own podcast called the Albert Tate Podcast. We're going to have some serious fun with Albert as part of our conversation. So with the live recording, it's going to be the last episode in season three. We're going to take a look at what we really want, going from disappointment to deeper connection. And the topic we plan to address at the live recording is a really fun one. We'll be looking at how to navigate the holidays with, well, the people you see at the holidays, the lovely people, and perhaps based on your story, the people you don't necessarily choose, the people in your family. They're going to be snacks. I was just going to say, Deb knows there's snacks. Deb's our, make sure they're snack person. There's snacks. There's going to be a great discussion with interaction with our guests. We'll have some games and our special guest, Albert Tate. So it's this Friday. If you're listening to it the week that this episode releases, it's this Friday, November 15th, 2019. You guys can register for the event at willowcreek.org slash relate. So we can get your snacks already. That's right. Right? Register. We want to have enough that mix ins <laughs> for the- Every single one homemade. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. Ari's baking. <laughs> yeah. He's been baking. Ari's going to have is... to get started. Oh, brother. <laughs> baking store-bought brownies. Or you guys can just join us too. If you didn't get around to registering, please don't let that stop you. Just come. Just like a good salon, walk-ins are welcome as well. We'll be yeah. getting started at 7 p.m. <laughs> if you guys have any questions about joining us at the live event, you can email me at relate at willowcreek.org and I'll get right back to you. We would love to have you. So come. Okay. So Deb, also, when we talk about the Relate podcast and what it is and what we're going after, we do some talking about how we get curious about how we relate to ourselves, to God, and to others. And so in this particular season, I think we've done a great job of talking about getting curious about how we relate to ourselves, right? Mm Self-deception, stories we're telling ourselves and others, Mm -hmm. our disappointments. What is, what can we learn from this season about how we relate to God in our disappointment? Oh, that is so good. And as I have engaged this work the last, especially the last several years, I didn't realize like I needed to be willing to name some things with God. Like that actually me being honest about some disappointment with God and talking Mm -hmm. to him about it and working through it, like I have such a deeper, healthier, I feel like more honest relationship with God because he can actually handle me telling him that I'm disappointed, Yeah, you know? So this is a whole, a a whole nother area we could go after. I think that, that would really help us grow deeper in our relationship with God, just being, showing up honest. Yeah. And I love, um, as I've become a parent, I love thinking about God as the father. And when I think about my kids, if they were disappointed, how I would respond if they shared that with me, it right. would make me know them more on a deeper level. It would allow me the chance to care for them in that moment. And um, I think that helps me when I put myself in the shoes as the parent with a disappointed child, go to God with my disappointment. That's super helpful mm. because... A lot of us haven't necessarily experienced what you just described. Like, so some of us might picture a God who, like, how dare you be disappointed with me? That Mm. God might, we might be met with anger or frustration or you're not, that's not okay. So we bury those things. And nothing helpful happens when we just bury and deny what's really going on. Yeah, it's not 
true. It's not accurate. Right. And God wants to meet us and heal us. And I think that's one of the beautiful things I've experienced is he actually wants to show up in our stories, in the stories we're telling ourselves even about him, even in our accusations towards him of why this, he will meet us there. He will meet us right where we're at and care for us and even those broken stories and places if we let him. That's absolutely been my experience. Thanks so much, Deb. Thanks for these Thank helpful. Thank you. This is fun. What are they, Ari? Guardrails. Guardrails. Bumper, bumpers. Don't go off the cliff. Bumpers. <laughs> yeah, no one going off the cliff in Illinois, please. <laughs> yeah, or anywhere. But these have been great helpful tools for us as we are going after what we really want, which is the deeper connection. So thanks. It's that time in the podcast where we leave you with some discussion questions. We hope you gain insight considering these now as you listen. But here at the Relate Podcast, we believe there is deeper connection waiting for you if you share your thoughts on this topic with a friend and get their insight as well. We hope you will bring these questions and your insights to your next coffee date or small group time. The questions will be followed by some space to reflect after each question. Question one, how do you feel when you consider sharing your disappointment with a friend? What do you notice happening in your body? Does your jaw clench or your shoulders tighten? Why do you suppose you might feel this way? Question two, which guardrail is harder for you to muster up? Kindness or courage? Is it more in your nature to be too timid or to come on too strong? Question three, have you ever had a friend share about their disappointment with you? What might their unmet need have been? How did your relationship change as a result of the conversation? And question four, how do you feel when you consider sharing your disappointment with God? And each week we leave you with a challenge. Well, this week's challenge is show up. Join us for the live recording in South Barrington on November 15th at 7 p.m. If you need more info, you can email relate at willowcreek.org. We're so glad you joined us for the conversation today. We hope you enjoyed it and noticed some new things about the way you relate. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We also invite you to like us and rate us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, because it makes it possible for more people to find and join the Relate community.